how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of- What's up, Samir? What's up? I think I'm in everyone, in, I would assume. You're not this part is- of everyone. Okay. No. Let me try that again. All right, yeah, carry on. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Creator Support. Today on the show, we're gonna be breaking down a really interesting two-minute segment from Mr. Beast's most recent video. We're also gonna be talking about the rise of vlogging on YouTube and how to come up with a unique style that is just yours. The questions that we pulled from this episode come straight from our Discord. If you haven't joined yet, the link is in our description. All right, if you make it to the deep end, let us know. So I spent company money without you knowing, just so you know. I would imagine that happens. I do that sometimes. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this weekend, um, I realized I wasn't subscribed to Mr. Beast's Twitter blue. Okay. And someone sent me one of the posts and was like, did you see this? This is crazy. And I was like, wow, not subscribed. And then I subscribed to it. And it is one of the most fascinating places. He's primarily sharing his analytics for his videos. Okay. (laughs) Basically right after he posts them. Mm -hmm. And this weekend he had a really uh, impactful video that came out like one of at least my personal favorites that he's put Mm -hmm. together, which I didn't anticipate liking because it's called ages one through a hundred compete for Mm $500,000, something like that. And I was like, okay, this might be similar to some of his other like segment based videos. Um, I watched it as well and I couldn't help get to the end. Yeah. Which does not happen often. Right. Not only for Mr. Beast, but for any creator. So the the Twitter post that was sent to me was in reference to this video, Mm -hmm. um, which showed the immediate analytics of it, which uh, we'll put on screen. Um, So in the first four hours and 17 minutes, it did 10 million views, had a 9.9% click-through rate and a 14-minute AVD. And, you know, that's that's well over 50%. I think that's around 70% because the video is like 24 minutes long. Are you a mathematician? No, I'm not a mathematician. Am I? Just wanted to make sure. I'm not. Okay. Uh, And then he posted when it hit, it became a one out of 10. It's his top performing video. And it showed one through 10. I posted that into our Discord. Mm -hmm. And... The conversation ensued, which was really compelling, but someone tagged the videos based on uh, a narrative style Mr. Beast video, which means one clear story that pays off at the end and a segment-based video. Lots of interesting high dopamine segments. So for example, one of them that's tagged pink is $1 versus $500,000 plane ticket. So that's a ton of segments, right? It's like segment, 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 segment versus like one... You're deep in like an analytics portal right now. I would say the creator analytics uh, channel is one of my favorites in the discord. Very good conversation around, um, you know, the analytics. And on the other side, the thing that stuck out that you and I talked about immediately was the ad read in Mm -hmm. it, which was for shop, which is one of Shopify's apps. It's a, it's a, it's an app where you can buy um, anything from Shopify stores. You can buy our merchandise there. You can buy his, you can buy anything that's on Shopify, which is essentially everything. Mm-hmm. But the way he did the integration, I actually think is worth uh, talking about and worth kind of 
breaking down and putting some terminology around it for creators. Yeah, absolutely. I think because also advertising is the majority of, of how creators make money. Yeah. That's the basis. And the way that we do it is being pioneered in real time. Like it is not, there's no like textbook for how to do a brand integration. Yeah, totally. Um, and it is the basis of the business. So I think it's important to think about, you know, breaking down some of these ones that are done really well and mm -hmm. were effective. And we know it was effective because the shop app ended up yeah. number eight in the app store above Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and the, the whole Shopify team was tweeting about it being like, this is the beast effect. So I think it's really important for all of us to, to think about mm -hmm. this. There's many different styles of integrations or advertising that happens. And that is format dependent. Like we just did an interview with, um, or we did an interview a while ago with Tim Ferriss that's going to come out soon on the main channel. And it, Tim Ferriss, if you don't know, is a, is a podcaster. He's developed a very deep relationship with his audience. So the style of integration for with Tim is predicated on the trust you have and the relationship you have with Tim. Mm -hmm. And Tim is going to talk about his experience with the product. And that is compelling. He has moved, you know, markets for a lot of these companies the way he talks about them. Now with Jimmy, you know, his videos are very different. It's not like if Jimmy just stopped the video in the middle and told you about the shop app, it, it might be too easy for you to skip because it would mm -hmm. be just this. There's no need to watch. There's it's no a, need to watch it's it. It's a complete departure from the story you've been watching. Yeah. And that's what a lot of creators do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do what he did and interweave yes. a read, a brand integration, the messaging into the story. And the way that he did it was really interesting. So let's play it. And I also think we should use that terminology of like, this is the interwoven integration. Is that smooth? Yeah. Is that like a term it. that we can mm -hmm. use? The interwoven integration. Interwoven. Right. Yes. So- Halfway through the video, all the contestants, you know, are playing Jenga. And if they their Jenga tower falls, then they're out. Mm -hmm. So that's the new challenge that is introduced for how people will get eliminated from this. One person down, 14 more to be eliminated. This is going to be crazy. And while they're pulling pieces, I want to tell you about the shop app. It's the most amazing way to- So as he is talking about the shop app, we're still watching- contestants play Jenga. And Jenga is a completely visual experience. It does mm -hmm. not require audio. Mm. So the story is progressing throughout the read. Mm, that's a really good point. And because it's Jenga, the more time that goes on, the higher the stakes are. The more blocks you pull, the closer it is to toppling over. Mm -hmm. And all of that is visual. So audio is not required in that part of the story. Ah, uh, interesting. Right? Yeah. So he's like, okay, you don't need audio. This is a an area where I can tell you about you don't, shop app. you don't need audio, but you have to keep watching. But you need your eyes yeah. on the screen. You have to keep your eyes on the screen. So your watch. ears are available. Whoa, that's right? so interesting. He's like, I've got your eyes, mm. but now your, your ear is just freed up. So let's talk about shop. That's the genius in, uh, to start with, I Whoa. think. Whoa. Dude, that's right. really good. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about like my ears are available right now, but the eye, my eyes are uh, progressing the story. Like I'm yep. watching the story progress. That's really good. So he introduces the shop app and then immediately goes into showing someone playing Jenga. The shop app makes shopping extremely fun from buying feastable bars to e-bikes to whatever else you're interested in. It's super easy. I also think there's some genius right there of him talking about the fact that the first thing he mentions with the shop app 
is his own product that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So he personalizes the brand immediately and how it relates to his universe, which is the universe you're a part of. Definitely. Um, it doesn't feel so foreign. It's like, oh, I get it. This is part of your universe. You always talk about Feastables, and now you just showed us that we could buy Feastables with this app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes from personalized to going beyond it and saying, you could also buy other things you like. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> which, you is, buy a bike. Which, which is smart. Cause then he goes, he zooms it out and says your life, you know, this is also relevant to the rest of your life. And when you're ready to buy, you can speed through checkout using ShopPay. It's not coming out. The Shop app uses AI technology to scan hundreds of millions of products and recommend the ones best for you. You know what else is really impressive about this? It's not voiceover. He had to nail this while they were filming the challenges because mm-hmm. people are, and I think that's a really important piece. Like it's, it's very much not only interwoven as like storytelling, but like he could have done this all voiceover while people are getting out. Yeah, or in a different setting. Or in, or in a totally different setting to safeguard himself. But I think that's important to not take the audience out of the moment. Yeah. You know, sometimes we film our integrations in different outfits. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think we have different opinions mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, I think we should be wearing the same outfit as mm-hmm. we are in the rest of the video so that people feel like, yeah. We're in one timeline. We're in one world. Yeah, I think our format is so different. It is. You like know, a podcast it, a, is very different. A, a podcast and a long-form interview is very different. Uh, and we like prioritize the, audio. Yeah, and the type of person who's listening and w- how they get their information from us and the, the level of trust that we have with them is very different from watching a visual experience. Mm-hmm. So I do think the mediums are very different. But yeah, I, I think like being inside of the world is, is really nice yeah. um, and really compelling here. I think what's fascinating to me is the long breaks between brand messaging for him to engage in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes I was like, wait, are we still talking about shop or have we right. returned? Yeah, because he just, he's referencing that he's nervous for some of the contestants. They might get out and he's like standing in the room about to deliver something about shop, but then focuses on the video and then turns and tells us more about shop. Mm-hmm. Shop will even track all your packages in one place so you'll know exactly when each of them arrive. And remember, we're doing this until there are 10 people left. So he's just said something about shop and then he reminded us where we are in the challenge. Like it, it's, this is an art form. Mm-hmm. This is like an art form that as a creator, as much as you should write and focus on how creators are writing hooks and building their storylines, we should all be focused on how creators are integrating brands. I also think, you know, as a creator, if brand integrations are the majority of your business, yeah, you want to make them one of the best parts of the video, but that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that this actually may be more interesting for an audience member to be dealing with two narratives mm. yeah, at the same time, because this is unique for them as a viewer yeah. that now I'm tracking two narratives at once. Yeah. If he just kept going with just the Jenga storyline, it feels very similar to the segment that came before, the mm-hmm. segment that came before. Yeah. So this offers a unique opportunity for the viewer to have an enhanced experience where they actually have to pay more attention than normal. Yes. Right? Which is really interesting that perhaps this part of the video is better. Because of it. Because of it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, but that is the work to really think about how to do that. Now, the last piece of this is that at the end of all of this, you have the opportunity to buy limited edition Mr. Beast merch on the shop app. And pieces of the set. And pieces of the set. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like hyper relevant to this video, but also an opportunity for you to get your hands 
on the app. The ask is also really easy. Mm -hmm. You know, like download this app that you probably want and need anyway because you buy a bunch of stuff. Aren't they selling the pieces for like, Nothing. It's yeah, like, like yeah. I think they, I mean they sold out within minutes. Yeah. Um. You know when you have access to like what we talked about in the beginning, like the amount of people that are getting exposed to this in the first four hours mm-hmm. is like you know ten million people. That's like you're going to sell out. But the concept is like you're getting the product into the hands of people with a very simple and easy ask. So mm-hmm. it's a show don't tell approach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That Shopify wants. Yeah. They don't want you to leave this video thinking. Okay, I heard about shop. That's part of it. That's important. Yeah. But the best case scenario is they leave the video and now they have experience using the app. They've downloaded exactly. it. They like yeah. it. They had a good experience. Yeah. It's it's a very impressive um, integration in a very impressive Mr. Beast video. Um, and I think something that like us as creators, we talked about this in our brand deal one, but like we should all take pride in innovating in this space and and really pushing the boundaries. And I think this concept of the interwoven integration is uh, really hard, but back to something that we say in our office a lot is like, what makes it hard is what makes it good. Mm-hmm. It's you what know? separates us from TV. Totally. You know, yeah. everything that's come before, it's completely new. Yeah, it's so interesting because on TV, when an ad plays, it's a signal for you to get up and go get like a drink or go to the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Like a commercial break is a signal for you to leave. Yeah. Totally. And this is the opposite. It's like a signal for you to pay more attention. Well, it's- uh, In the way he did in it. In the way that he in did it. In the way it. he did it. It yeah. can also be a signal to skip. Right. Right. And that's right. kind of what you're trying to accomplish as a creator is how do I get the audience to enjoy this part of the video? Can it be yeah. better? Can it be better? Than without it. Yeah. I will also say that whoever was involved in the the editing and the storytelling of this specific piece, uh, this, was, this was one of uh, Jimmy's videos that I watched where I deeply- cared about who won at the end, mm-hmm. which was unique. And I felt emotion towards the people, the contestants. Um, and they really did a good job of going, the beginning's going to move really, really fast. It's going to be dopamine release, dopamine release, boom, 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 boom. Once the middle hits and after the ad integration, it slows down. Yeah, There's less contestants, which allows you to get into storylines. Like there's a storyline where the, the age group of the fifties like binds together, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then there's a storyline of like, um, you know, when they start getting into kind of the squid game games, like the marbles of like different people. And then like the guy's kids come and he gets to spend his daughter's birthday. And then that's why he's there. And like, uh, by the end, he's allowing for more deep connection, mm-hmm. which is really smart. It's, it's like a, um, heartbeat line, you know, if you're like, it, like extremely rapid movements in the beginning and then slowing down the pace hmm. by the end, which is like your own experience with the video. If you've made it past the halfway mark, which is the average, right? Or a little bit more than halfway, which is 14 minutes, you're probably in it. And yeah. we've noticed that too mm-hmm. with our with our long form interviews. I mean, ours are, you know, in the hour, two hour range. But if you make it past like 20, 30 minutes, you're kind of there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we can slow down the pace a little bit because you're there to hang. Mm-hmm. Um which is fascinating. So yeah. there's, this was uh, this was one that I think is worth studying. Um, Definitely, you know, and like I really appreciate that he's he's innovating in in all the areas, mm-hmm. um, and and ad integrations is an important way to integrate. You can also buy a uh, publish merch true. in the shop app. That not, is true. Not that this is an integration, but just you know, in playing around with the shop app, saw some of the reviews of our merch. Very kind. Thank and you, I was everyone. Like, who wow. Reviewed thank our you, merch. everyone who has yeah, revered reviewed our merch on the shop app. Um, that was really cool. Okay. All right. Now, 
Let's get into some questions from the Discord. Let's do it. Um, this has to do with storytelling as well. Story versus authentic experience. Which to prioritize in editing? So I'm at the stage of the editing process where I have the entire project trimmed down to the basics. As I'm reviewing the whole project, I've realized that the third act is dragging a bit and that to tell a cohesive, concise story, I would need to get rid of some of the lighthearted moments that were part of my authentic experience in this act. I feel this is something we as creators run into often, especially with unscripted content. So I'm curious what everyone thinks. How do you go about prioritizing story and authentic experience? Do you have any processes or rules in place around these decisions, or do you make them based on gut feelings and experimentation with each individual story? This is a great question. My opinion is that you can totally alter the authentic experience to create the story you want to produce the feeling that you're trying to produce. Mm. Right. And we talked to Try Zach nice. and Keith yeah. about this. And, you know, Keith says you don't need to show everything when it happened, you need to show it. When, when you matters. need it to happen. Yeah, when it matters. Yeah, when story. it matters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the question, though, from how I'm interpreting it is like, there's moments in this unscripted experience that are fun and interesting, but don't progress the story. Hmm. How do you, you know, we, we talked about this a lot when we used to work with Yes Theory, too, of like, you know, sometimes there's really lighthearted moments, but how much of a detour can you take from mm -hmm. a story? Yeah. For a fun moment. Hmm. Um that's a bit of an internal gut check yeah. and a question you need to ask yourself about your brand. How much of your brand requires mm. or do you want to require, you know, lighthearted moments, your personality? Is that important to what you're doing? Yeah, and, and I think we're being challenged quite a bit on the platform from an assumption perspective that personal storytelling is working on the platform. There's a rise of it. We talked about Colt Kerwin's video. Mm -hmm. I watched it this weekend with with 10 friends who are unfamiliar with YouTube and they loved it. Wow. Loved it. Cause I, they were, they were asking me about like, what's the vibe on YouTube right now? And I was like, mm. I think we're about to see a rise of like vlogging, but in a very artistic way, the young crop of like Gen Z creators has so much familiarity with storytelling and with like this personalization of content, but also grew up watching vlogs that this new wave is coming of progressing a story and adding in like your personality to it. Uh, I think Colt Kerwin's video is a great example of that. We've been watching Life of Riza, mm -hmm. and I think that's Colt's girlfriend. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So like she, she has really compelling personal content that's getting hundreds of thousands of views with thumbnails and titles that you don't think should work, but do. Mm -hmm. So all of this to say, you know, I think if you like it, like if you like the character development of making mm -hmm. something that made you laugh or something that was special to you, I think you should keep it in. Yeah, I think we're just seeing re the reintroduction of relationship-based creators yeah. who are starting out relationship-based. Yes. Which is very unique because normally you look at an Emma Chamberlain, right, who reaches this scale and then can put out a video that you and I always talk about yeah. called You Totally Caught Me Making Soup. Right. There's no mass appeal to that title and thumbnail. It's not searchable. And YouTube is a search platform, mm -hmm. right? And that's how the majority of us experience growth is like via search. Yes. We have creators who are now starting out being like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going for search. I'm actually starting out of the gate with connection. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting to see that maybe it's not a million views per video, but even 100,000. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's and crazy. it's really impactful. Yeah, 
And I think that we're moving in this direction. This will be something that comes up on the channel soon, but in this direction of like uh, deeply personal versions of each platform, right? Meaning like my Instagram is different from your Instagram. My mm -hmm. YouTube is different from your YouTube, which then in a sense means that my world is different from your world. And that means for creators that you have the opportunity to create a hyper-specific, hyper-personalized world for your community. It might mean that we all have smaller communities, but I think what that offers the opportunity is to have like a really tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even some of the community that we're developing here, right, in our Discord or, or here yeah. on this channel, like it's very tight-knit. I wouldn't be surprised though if some of these younger creators over the next year or two develop really large communities. Yeah, that's true. Because I think it is 100% in the best interest of YouTube, the platform, mm, to have, to have younger crop come here. Gen yeah. Z creators who are that's proving true. that this can be a job, it can be something that's fulfilling, uh, and you can do it at a really grand scale that's, that's aspirational. Because that's, that's what TikTok did so well out of the gate, right? It was like true. highlight some creators and be like, hey, you can be successful here. This is what this looks like. That's true. But Good. I think yeah. for many years, it seemed unattainable for new creators to really mm -hmm. make it on YouTube in an impactful way. And that's bad for YouTube, if that's the reality. Yeah, if the barrier to entry is high, then the automatic is go to TikTok or Instagram mm -hmm. or Snapchat. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. you know, so if the barrier to entry becomes too high, people might not even try. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Um, and yeah. the storytelling that they're doing is good and it's really unique. Yeah. And it makes me want to uh, come back to some of that. I told you over the weekend, I watched a old day in the life of Colin and Samir video. And I was like, that was so fun. What a cool framework. Like day in the life content is so fun mm -hmm. and so interesting to paint the picture of like what your interactions look like, what your days look yeah. like. Um, and, and that's on the rise right now. Getting back to the question, mm. our day in the life video is not a fully authentic version of what happened that day. It's yeah. pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. But number one, we knew we were filming it. So mm. that alters some of what's happening. Yeah. And number two, we edit it. So things get cut out. Yeah, yeah, You're not true. truly there in mm -hmm. that moment. And we prioritize the story and the flow of that day. So- yeah, it's right? a good point. There's a lot that was cut out of our Mr. Beast burger doc that there was some like, fun, there was a moment where you and I try the burger. Yeah. That was kind of fun. And, but it dragged. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision we made that we felt like at that point in the story, you were following the story. And every time we watched it, us eating the burger took you out of the story too far. Yeah. But there was other moments that we left in that weren't necessary to the story, but were fun dynamics between you and I um, that we mm -hmm. kept in. So I, I think there's a healthy balance, but- Also, yeah. we said this on the editing podcast, so I'm okay saying it yeah. now, but the end scene of that video, mm -hmm. when Jimmy says, what'd you think? Right. That was not the last shot of the day. Right, right, right. That happened way earlier. Yeah. But and it leaves we, you with a feeling. And yeah. we moved it there because it leaves you with a more interesting question and feeling if you think it happened at the end. Yeah. But we've we've battled with this concept of like how much personality do we keep in versus leave out when we're telling a story. Yeah. Um, it's personal and it's also something to experiment with. You know, sometimes you get really self-conscious about leaving too much of yourself in because mm -hmm. you're like, the story is why people are here, not me. But I think that's reestablishing what you want it to be. Do you want people to be there because of you and your personality? Yeah. If so, then leave more in, mm -hmm. right? And, and attract the people who want that. 
don't attract the people who don't want that because if you authentically want that and you build an audience that doesn't want that, you're at odds with your audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, all stuff that comes up in our Tim Ferriss interview. So I'm like very hot off of, you know, watching that in full yesterday and I can't wait for that to come out on the main channel. All right. Uh, very relevant question from Phil Hates Gluten. Also, Phil, what's wrong with gluten? Um, wow. <laughs> says, what does your average week look like? I know this will vary tremendously, but I'm always curious how others structure their weeks. I fly by the seat of my pants most of the time, and it creates this feeling of not getting enough done, even though I probably have. I'm wanting a little bit more structure for my content creation, but I find that difficult because it's not like I feel funny or entertaining at the exact same time each day slash week to conceptualize ideas. Wondering if any other creators have a solid or loose weekly schedule that has helped them and if they'd be willing to share. I think this is a obviously a spectrum for creators and yeah. even for us, we've had weeks and months where we're much more scheduled and it feels a little bit more like a media company. And yeah. then we have weeks where we are also flying by the seat of our pants. So, okay, as a company, it's really good to be scheduled and productive and to create times and blocks where you need to get things done. As a creative, it is uh, incredibly important to have loose playtime where nothing is supposed to happen. And that balance is unbelievably hard to strike as you start getting into the career of being a creator because there's always something that can be done for your company. There's always more structure. There's always more scheduling. But- I would say on the note of like, I don't always have ideas at the same time every day. I very much resonate with that. Like I'm very different and when ideas hit me. Um, two examples that I want to bring up. One is Jerry Seinfeld who talked about um, writing every single day mm -hmm. uh, as a practice. And he would sit down with a pen and paper and write and he didn't have to write, but he couldn't do anything else. That so was, was the rule. That was the rule. And 30, he says it's very difficult right. to do yeah. that because you don't always have ideas. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to do, but the reward is that you're done. You should yeah. set a time limit. And, and I think that level of structure actually keeps you sharp from a practice perspective. Like you do need to practice coming up with ideas and practice thinking. Can I guess what the second one is? Yeah. Is it Rick Rubin? Yes. Okay. So I figured. Yeah. So this next one is from Rick Rubin from his book and- it's about following the creative energy when it hits you. Yes. And committing everything to it, no matter what. So for me, a lot of times ideas hit me at 12.30 at night when I'm in bed and I should be asleep, but I can't sleep. Something hits me. I start almost writing a video in my head. Mm -hmm. And there are moments, many times where I just go, I can't focus on this right now. I should be going to sleep. And I will go to bed and I'll say, I'll, I'll remember it in the morning. I never remember it in the morning. So Rick Rubin's advice is follow it. Like that takes priority. If you have to be up until three or four in the morning, just stay up. Yeah. Because you don't know if, when this is going to hit again. I have fallen into the bad habit of having an idea and being like, that's good. I'm going to write about that in the morning. Yeah. And then waking up in the morning and being like, what was that idea? Doesn't or, happen. or like, do I even have the energy for it? Yeah. And I think that is... Um, that is definitely something like you, whenever you have the idea as a creative, you have to follow it. You have to honor the fact that an idea just hit you. Yeah. You have to. Mm -hmm. um, Doesn't mean you need to execute it right then. Yeah. But you need to at least write it down, map it out, put it somewhere. This question's making me want to make a week in the life video. Oh. Or a day in the life. I'm just, I love the like vlog style content and I've never been able to crack it. Mm. I go back and watch some of our vlogs and I'm like, the only one I like is the day in the life one. My concern because about of the this framework is that it'll end up like the studio tour, which we shot multiple times 
and yeah. is not going to come out on our main channel. Yeah. I, I would like to also do that. Yeah. I and I don't have that concern because I think that was at a moment where we hadn't put out a video in months and there was so mm -hmm. much pressure on that video. I think depressuring one of these and just being like, let's make it. If we hate it, there's no problem. There's no pressure to put something out. True. But I also think um, one of the challenges I think we face is that there's two of us in that type of stuff. And like filming from the perspective of two people is really hard. Mm. And there was a time where we did Day in the Life of Samir and Day in the Life of Colin. And that was pretty fun. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have an introductions channel in the Discord. And I love watching these introductions. I all like at night just kind of go and watch them. And last night I watched this one. And I was so surprised because what ends up happening is I'm a fan of so many of the creators who join our Discord. Yeah. And uh, this is an account I've been a fan of for a while, but I want to play this one. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Nelson. I'm the creator of We Rate Dogs. People send us photos and videos of their dogs and we give them a rating, but they always get above a 10 out of 10. I started it back in 2015. We have about 22 million followers across all platforms. And somehow eight years in, we're still gaining about 50,000 a week across everything. We've recently made a big pivot to video content, which is why I became a member of the Colin and Samir community. I'd consider myself an expert in storytelling, brand partnerships, and interpreting platform analytics. And the opposite of an expert in YouTube and effective delegation. I'm excited to be here. And this is my dog, Doug. He's our, uh, he's our CEO. <laughs> 10 out of 10 dog. Uh, not an 11 cone? Sorry, alone. Wow. I don't know. Um, I just love the uh, variety of like the expansion of the word creator. You know, sometimes we have a very firm view of it, but like all the different people who are using these platforms to build communities, like yeah. 22 million people who follow We Rate Dogs. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to learn from someone like that. Um, so I did want to give a shout out to everyone who's put an introduction into the introductions channel of Discord, but also a shout out to all the dogs listening, all the dogs who might be listening. Yeah. Right. But the, uh, feedback channels have been so lively mm -hmm. and I want to thank people who are in the discord giving feedback. Yeah. That's super impactful. That's so impactful. Cause to, it takes time out of your day yeah. to help someone else. But I actually think it's such an impactful learning experience to give feedback mm -hmm. cause you're like, it forces you to analyze something. Yeah. And, and, and it, it takes the pressure off of it being your own thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're self-analyzing, it's like way too intense and it, you bring in all these other factors. Mm -hmm. When you analyze someone else's work, it's like, hmm, I can look at it a little bit objectively and then that can inform my work. So the process of giving feedback, I think is actually a really important process as a creative. And I've just been so happy. I didn't know how it was going to go to have feedback channels. Yeah. But people are really giving feedback in the channels. Like no, it's super substantial cool. feedback, uh, in-depth feedback. And, and that's mm -hmm. really cool. Okay, this one comes from jwog3 on the subreddit. How did you decide on your style? Hey guys, longtime follower of Colin and Samir. I'm curious to hear how people landed on their style that they record and edit their videos. With so many ways to tell a story on YouTube, how do you decide? For example, if I were to film a video about spending the week camping in the woods, you can make that in the style of a short story where you dropped off in the middle of nowhere and left to survive. Dramatic storytelling a how-to video about how to camp and survive in the wild, informative, a video about the journey of spending a week in the woods, vlog, a story about accomplishing something while in the woods, documentary style. I feel like there's endless possibilities on how to record and edit content for YouTube. What helped you develop your style? Trying all of them. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, totally. honestly, totally. like trying every different type of style. Yeah. And that starts with a bit of imitation. 
mm-hmm. things you like that you see, trying it, seeing how it feels. Did you like the process of that? Did you like the end result? Mm-hmm. It takes time to yeah. end up with a style. It's a good point. Right? It just takes time. And some of it is just following your gut of what feels yeah. right. And then many times the style emerges without you being super deliberate about it. Right? Mm-hmm. Who starts off from the beginning? You know, not often do you see artists start off right away with a style and stick to that all the way to the end of their career. Yeah. For us, you know, we tried vlogging, we tried video essays, which I think we both really enjoy, but process wise, we're challenging mm-hmm. to get across. And then we also were podcasting during that whole time. And when we took a step back at one point, we just said, what flows? This is like a, something that someone said to me one time. They were like, you need to look at what you're you need to look at your days and your weeks. And as a creative, look at what's flowing out of you like water. Mm. And when we looked at that, it was podcasts. We had never considered podcasts becoming our main thing. It was always something we did in the background. Yep. But then we looked at it and we were like, wait, that's the only thing that flows out of us. Mm-hmm. Where it's like in the craziest week, we would get on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I think you should always look at is like, start creating and feel which ones just naturally flow out of you. Because as a creative, you're trying to get into a flow. You're trying to get into a flow state of like, this stuff just comes out. It just keeps, you know, like I don't have yeah. a choice. It's just coming out. Um, and like uh, friction's not a bad thing. You know, friction, like something being really hard to make is not a bad thing. But um, little, little amounts of like, this sucks over long periods of time are terrible. Style comes out of, Little, little amounts of things that suck Yeah, over time. Over time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but just understanding it, like, like, it's hard because I feel like when we were first starting out, I felt like every video had so much weight. Like, it had to be the one that defined us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but being okay with experimentation, even now we're experimenting. This format's experimental for us, Q&A format. Like, this, I've been doing it for six months on YouTube, but it's experimental. We're, yeah. we're, we're seeing how it feels, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's all this evolving experiment as a creative. Yeah, nothing that we do will be what we do for eternity. We're going to keep changing. Will. We have no idea. Like we're I just we're feeling gonna, it out. We're going to keep changing and then what's left will be something that is our style. Right, <laughs> right, right. What left? What's left will be just an AI generated version. Yeah, or us. just yeah. this color yellow. Yeah. <laughs> That's our style. F60921. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you just... Was that a, a hex, code. hex code reveal? Yes, I just oh did God. reveal the hex code. Oh my goodness. <laughs> a hex code reveal. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Did we change the title thumbnail? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Colin and Smear hex code reveal. reveal. Yeah, that's good. And I like that. The thumbnail is just that'll the get, yellow. That'll get clicks. Oh my yeah. goodness. Will that get clicks? Um, okay, cool. We're uh, in the deep end. Huh? Yeah, we're in the deep end. Yeah, uh, that, we must be in the deep end. Because we're talking about hex yeah. code reveals. There's a lot more questions, but we'll answer those in, in the Discord. Yep. Um, oh! Party lights. Whoa! If you're watching on YouTube right now, you just entered the deep end. The deep end. Whoa. Unexpected. Ugh, when do these lights stop? Do I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Oof, happy geez. to be back. All right. Um, oh, good to be here. Water is warm today. There is a question. Yeah. That I want to answer that I think we should save for next week. Oh my god. I just goodness. read it and it's it's a spicy one. Can it I look at good. it? Yeah. Um, it's really good. I think we should answer it. Um, oh, that's a spicy that's meatball. That's a good one. That yeah, a that's a good one. Meatball. I don't think yeah. it'll be next week. Next week's all that's, about shopping. We, but that's, we, uh, oof, we can't go into that. We one can't go one. into that no, in the deep no, end. No, 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 It'll be either next week or the week after. Yeah. Um, speaking of AI, now that we're in the deep end, the Photoshop generative fill. 
is one of the craziest mm-hmm. AI tools I've seen. Uh, I don't know if any of you have checked that out, but if you go on you know, Twitter and just type in generative fill, just look at it. It's crazy. It's completely insane. You know, it'd be a fun experiment mm. and maybe we can pull this together for the people who are watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, come on over to YouTube. Mm. We'll take a photo of you and I at the set here, crop it, and then use generative fill. That's a good idea. To fill out the rest of the yeah. set. Yep. And maybe compare it to what the set actually looks like. That's how we'll end. Yes. Um, so if you're listening, pop over to YouTube so you can check it out. Um, we will take that photo right after we're done and it'll be the last frame here. If you have questions, you can pop them in our Discord server. If you haven't joined yet, it's a great space for collaboration. It's a great space for conversation and it's the primary space that we pull questions for this show. So join the Discord server that is in our description. Next week, we're talking all about creator brands and shopping. So we're going to try out a bunch of products. Yeah, we are. So make sure you're here next week and we'll see you there.